Here we are back. Is it raining up by you? Kinda. Yeah, here we are back in gloomy, rainy, the northeast part of the country. Um, we went on some adventures uh, and and failed to go on it on an, uh, at least one adventure. I mean, I guess we went on it eventually. I forget what we were trying to do. Um, it didn't stop us from doing anything. We just had to add an adventure that wasn't planned. Ah, okay. Okay. So uh, um, <laughs> due to... Uh, the time that I booked things, I found it easier to fly into San Francisco because I would, because uh, I prefer flying direct. If I have to do extra steps, I'd like to do them in, you know, the starting or destination uh, state of my flying adventures. And as somebody who is stuck in the Atlanta airport for about, I guess it was really only about two hours longer than I expected to be. Because <laughs> the East Coast is just full of weather. Yes. The West Coast doesn't have weather. Your your West Coast flight is almost always going to be fine. But your East Coast flights or like anything in the middle of the country, sort of, sort of the eastern like third, that's that's dicey. Yeah. <laughs> so given the various options to get between SFO and uh, San Jose and specifically uh, where uh, we were staying, I decided the easiest thing to do would be to just rent a car. Because being that I don't have a conference ticket this year, I could also knock some things off the bucket list, like uh, finally visit Apple's campuses. And uh, uh, we also went to the Winchester Mystery House. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was just convenient to have. Yeah, I, I heard from some uh, some women at the ladies at WWDC uh quote unquote dinner hmm. <laughs> that uh it takes about three hours to get from san francisco to san jose by train these days so yeah car was probably a better option yeah i feel very vindicated in choosing to have a car uh with uh, <laughs> one minor asterisk <laughs> yeah so uh so you specifically chose the hybrid because you know hybrids green Whatever. Well, mostly it's, I only drive hybrids. I have two at home and no pure EVs, no plugins, and no gas-only cars. So, you know, I'm just used to the hybrid cycle and figured, you know, just keep things familiar. Don't have to, because you know, I'm, <laughs> things I don't, like, I don't remember things like, there are right and wrong ways to treat a 12-volt lead-acid battery because uh, my hybrids abstract that away from me. It's kind of ironic that you wanted to keep things similar given all the everything else. Yes. <laughs> I mean, just, just to get it out of the way, because uh, this was the first weirdest thing that I noticed about this car, which was a Ford Fusion Hybrid the shift dial, <laughs> yeah, which which you would need to turn to reverse <laughs> and turn to drive, and I forget if it had other options, but those are the main ones. Oh, you turn to park, of course. You have to dial it to park. Yep, <laughs> which is so ridiculous, and yet, and yet, it was the only it was only the tip of the ridicularity iceberg. Yeah. So the theme of this terrible car, and you know, it is a it is the newest one, and it is the highest trim of it. Um, is it lacks holistic design. 
every single piece of it feels like it was like someone's job to make the piece and no one's job to put it all together. It just sort of like went together. <laughs> yeah, it was it was like passing unit tests, failing integration <laughs> yeah, tests. Right. Well, this dial certainly shifts the, you know, it causes the computer to change that. So, you know, dials. Awesome. Yeah. And like, so uh, shift dials are a thing that unfortunately exist elsewhere. Um, no. <laughs> and they're bad in the other places too. Uh, one area I think it might be okay is in my uh, perspective next car, which is the uh, RAV4 hybrid. The dial isn't the shifter. It has a normal uh, Prius-style knob, which isn't my favorite knob, but it's still like a knob, like that you move physically. Um, mm -hmm. It has a dial just to move between the gradients of uh, the uh, uh, fuel efficiency versus acceleration trade-off curves. That's totally different. Yeah. That is an acceptable thing to do with a dial because you're not waving your hand around looking for the shifter. Right. Because <laughs> you've got one. Yeah. And on top of that, um, in all hybrids, uh, the buttons to switch between these modes are in, in bad spots. No one's how no one's figured out like what to do with it. And maybe that uh maybe a dial is correct for that. Uh but it's definitely not the correct choice to go from park to drive. And those are the opposite ends of the uh, the spectrum there. And the rest are, you know, just sort of in between. I think they're at least in the right order. If uh, if you're comparing it to a conventional automatic stick, right? Park I is on the so. top, and then drive is all the way down, and reverse is in between, and, and neutral, maybe. Uh, I think that sounds right. Yeah, I actually don't know because it. I just don't have to think about it anymore. My hand just. I does know, the right? Thing. <laughs> but if you put a dial in front of me, all of a sudden you're making me think again, yeah. and I'm gonna have to look every time because first of all, I don't know where your stupid dial is. It's not easy. Like even if you find it by flapping your hand at it, like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have no like intuitive sense of where it's positioned right now. I mean, you know if your car is moving forward or backward or not at all, but like yeah. You don't, uh. Oh, and then the uh, parking brake it was a weird uh, button that was uh, on a hinge, so you pushed it or pulled it, but the interface for the car did not update immediately. So I would often yeah. flick it in both directions a couple times. Until like the interface updated and then I would have to do it one more time, you know, to, uh, you know, uh, quantum USB a stick. Uh. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I, I noticed that several times and it was it's it's out. So I get that like these electronic parking brakes are the thing now and and a lot of cars are, are going to have them. Uh, and it's nice because the car will disengage it when you put it in drive, not when you put it in reverse, however, even yeah. though you definitely don't want to be backing up with the parking brake on ever. So you'd think they could take it that one step further and disengage it when you throw the car in reverse. I mean, turn the dial to reverse, but it does not. Yeah. I noticed all the buttons in this car that should have been uh, depressed toggles were not. Yeah, like the, the moonroof control was like, my car has a very simple to understand uh, kind of unified button that does all of the tilty, openy, closey things, and it's great. And this car was not like that. <laughs> yeah. Also, the fog lights button wasn't a toggle. It toggled them as a button, but like it, <laughs> it inverted its state when you pressed it. It didn't like what? press and stick when they were on. 
okay. Yeah. I mean, my my fog lights are just a little dial that I turn on the stick with the other headlight things on it. Yes, that's also the right that, place to put them. <laughs> that, that seems like a good choice. <laughs> yeah. Despite this like, being the highest trim of this car, the fog lights feel felt like they were where they go if you upgrade to them after purchase. Because, yeah. like, yeah, like in a car that has them, like, <laughs> they're on the stick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of missing sticks, the uh, <laughs> uh, cruise control wasn't the little sticky thing. It was buttons on the wheel, which would have been fine. Uh, the Contour Sport I drove uh, around the turn of the century uh, had the cruise control buttons on the wheel. Uh, but that predated media buttons on wheels. So the buttons that were on the wheel were all of them. Well, that's okay. I mean, my car has cruise control and media controls on the on the steering wheel. It's yes, just, and there is a way okay. to fit all of these things. But this car also added two D-pads. Right. That part, <laughs> I was wondering. I didn't even notice the cruise control. I was wondering if you controlled that with one of your stupid little... There are two little screens on yeah. either side of the of the steering wheel, which is really what you want. You want you want multiple things no, that the, the driver needs to... the cruise control buttons were buried in like the uh, hang-up... Uh, except call buttons and everything else. It was just randomly placed on the wheel. And then, I mean, yeah. that's the theme. <laughs> yep. And these two screens, which uh, never had any useful information on them. So the left one <laughs> um, occasionally would pop up with this very distracting symbol of a <laughs> very low frame rate, uh, like uh, refreshing indeterminate progress indicator. <laughs> on top of a symbol for a like double A battery to indicate <laughs> that you were using uh regen. Oh, is that what that meant? <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> somewhere in the uh uh things you could do with the left uh D-pad were to turn that off because because <laughs> <laughs> it didn't give you real information. Right, it was just distracting. Um Yeah. And the right one was where you could put the thing that a lot of cars have where it just rates your acceleration, braking, and cruising uh, performance, uh, which is fine, but it didn't have the live version of it that all of the hybrids I'm used to have. Were... Well, nothing was live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything was at least a one-second delay, including releasing or engaging the braking brake. Yeah, so... It wasn't much help to just see that slowly updating while driving. I think I put it on a screen that like was broken or something because it just sort cool. of, it, yeah, I think it was called like hybrid leaves or something. It was just like a leaf wallpaper. Oh, awesome. <laughs> because it was better than useless information. Yeah. Uh, and despite these two screens and uh, uh, joysticks, the speedometer, <laughs> only analog. Yeah. Which is an interesting choice given, well, I mean, everything... Everything was designed by a different person. Yeah. <laughs> Probably by a different committee, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the center console, which uh, did have CarPlay, we discovered that late in the journey, also had tons of problems. Like the climate control controls, 90% of them were physical buttons. Fine. Some were touchscreen only, like uh, the button for routing the air. So, like, Oh, yeah. There wasn't a real physical button for that, was there? Yeah. So most cars, oh. it's either, you know, another dial or a button you just keep toggling through and there's a little uh, LCD next to it. 
you know, to go through uh, face, uh, face and feet, feet and exhaust, and I don't know something else. Defro- it's usually feet and defrost, and then just defrost. Yeah, or defrost is its own button or something. Um, well, yeah, usually rear defrost. Well, I mean, I'm assuming all cars are my car because right, yeah. my car is good. <laughs> <laughs> this car was not my car. Yeah. So the face and feet controls were screen only. Yeah, so we were air conditioning our feet a lot. <laughs> yeah, so uh, when we, like, to turn that off, we needed, you know, to find that display. Um, and to when I wanted to turn it back on later when it, w- it was much hotter, when I was driving back to the airport, I had to, <laughs> I, I couldn't figure out how to get out of CarPlay without unplugging my phone. Oh, yeah, I don't know if you can. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I, I did that to turn the feet back on and, then yeah, you know, plugged it back in. One one positive I can say for the car is it it did have ass air conditioning like it it had ass chillers and uh, they worked and it, I kind of found it unsettling. Yeah, no, I'm gonna add that to my uh, standard required options from now because that felt great. I think this is the great divide where a lot of men really find it uncomfortable to have heated seats because it makes you think you peed yourself. Hmm. Maybe uh, let's extrapolate from me to a lot of women because you know why not. Uh, <laughs> who find it unsettling to have our nether regions chilled. <laughs> yeah, and you weren't, like, wearing, like, uh, short women's shorts or anything. You were wearing No, pants. I was wearing jeans the whole yeah, time. So. I was wearing jeans 100% of the time we were there. Yeah, so it wasn't even that. Well, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. It was just weird. It's in, it's individual <laughs> control, so, I mean. Right. Yeah. Uh, so that that was the nice thing as far as I was concerned. That was, like, the only thing that was, like, actually, like, oh, cool. Yeah. We're mentioning a lot of accessories here. <laughs> One reason I have advocated for hybrids as a good, um, you know, apocalypse vehicle or riding out a hurricane vehicle is that in uh, Toyota's hybrid Synergy Drive, and I don't know what other brands this does or doesn't extend to, so I'm just going to refer to uh, Toyota holistically uh, and the Fusion uh, hybrid here. Um but in Toyota's hybrids, the there there is a 12-volt lead-acid battery, and that battery's job is to listen for the key fob and turn the dome lights on when you uh, step into the car and, you know, and if you hit the button. And once you press the start on hybrid Synergy Drive, the lead-acid battery tells the hybrid system battery, which is either uh, lithium or uh, nickel metal hydride, depending on the uh, car uh, specific model, it turns on the system that talks to that battery, and it turns on a, a DC transformer that steps down from like the ludicrous value that comes off of that battery uh, down to 12, or actually down to 14. And that takes over all the accessory power, and it also feeds that 14 uh, backwards into the 12-volt battery uh, to trickle charge it. And as when the hybrid system is on, uh, re- regardless of what driving mode you're in, you're done with the lead-acid battery in a Toyota hybrid once you've pressed the button. Which means that the things I like to do, uh, or the reasons like I advocate uh, for that particular hybrid system, is that all of the elect- uh, all of the accessories are electronic, including the air conditioner, and that means you can do something like 
get stuck in completely standstill traffic or perhaps a gas line because of a hurricane. And you can run the climate control and charge your phone. And all of that comes off of the giant hybrid battery. And when that gets too low, the combustion engine turns on and just starts recharging that. Now, the fusion hybrid turns out doesn't have the DC transformer that steps down to 14 volts. So that means all of the accessories are running off the lead acid battery all the time. Now, in a normal combustion car, when uh, the engine is running, it's running an alternator and trickle recharging the the 12 volt battery, you know, mostly to recover what you did to start it, but also because that's powering the spark plugs, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Well, in the fusion hybrid, since it doesn't have that uh, transformer to go from the hybrid battery to accessories, you, when the combustion engine is off, like because you're stopped, you're running everything off of the little car battery battery. Including yeah. the entire fucking air conditioner because it's an electric only air conditioner because obviously that's what you would put in a hybrid. Well, right. And if you've ever uh, lived someplace with warmth and had air conditioning, you know that that'll take up a considerable amount of power. Yeah. <laughs> like, like if you pay your own electricity bills, which mercifully I haven't in a very long time. My husband pays those. It's not like we get free electricity, alas. Right, you just don't have to look at it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know it's bad, but I don't have to see it. Yeah, so that means that that first day that, uh, you know, we were slowly driving around uh, Cupertino and then uh, went out to uh, dinner where we ate in the car because it was right. in and out. God, I forgot about that. With the air conditioning on and the seat air conditioning, of course. And right. Yeah. We like really, I, I, I completely forgot about that. And you were in eco mode the whole time because of course you want to be in eco mode. Right. So that meant the combustion engine was deprioritized on top of all that. Yeah. It was really like <laughs> the perfect storm of things that seem like a good idea, but are actually terrible ideas yes. in this particular vehicle. Right, because all of those things are good ideas in my car. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. It seemed fine. Like, we were just chilling in the In-N-Out parking lot doing the eat-it-in-your-car thing, which they always offer you as an option. And, and uh, you know, you blast the air conditioning because it was a little warm. And, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's very pleasant. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also... All of the useless modes on the uh, three screens, I guess, this car had, none of them had a hybrid system monitor that had a battery level on it, nor yeah. anything that had a battery level for the other battery on it. You just had no insight into the state of your batteries. Well, you had some. Right. You, you only had one point of insight, which was, can you unlock the car the next day? Yeah. <laughs> Right, so it got to whatever we were going to do. Actually, this was a this was good luck because um, we weren't actually going to do anything. We just wanted to get something out of the That's car. That's right. We wanted we wanted to, to we had left all of the Apple like stuff that we had bought in the trunk, and we were like, let's take this out and take it, you know, to our rooms, and uh, we couldn't get into the car at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, it turns out eventually we kind of could. 
Like we were eventually able to get into the trunk, yeah. but only. <laughs> oh God! So this is this is a departure from from the tale of the fucking battery system is unbelievable. Uh, but it turns out so the 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 key fob, as key fobs often do, did have a physical key in it, and there seemed to be a slot. Uh, there wasn't a keyhole, a visible keyhole anywhere near the handle, but there was a little slot uh, in the uh, in some of the plastic. And so we're like sticking the key in it, trying to like wiggling it around, trying to see like, okay, how does it actually go? Because you've got to be able, like the whole purpose of this key, right, <laughs> which does exist, <laughs> is to get into the damn car when uh, when the electrical system has failed and, and we just couldn't do it uh, until YouTube to the rescue. It turns out what you actually had to do was pry off that piece of plastic with the key, I mean, they expected yeah. you to use the key for that. And then you would expose the actual keyhole, which would allow you entrance into the vehicle. Uh, all of the other door locks were uh, completely electronic. There was no physical thing that you could pull out. Um, so uh, so Joe had to climb in between the front seats into the back seat, a maneuver that I don't think I can do anymore uh, <laughs> to pull, pull the... Um, pull the back seat forward to, to access the trunk. And if you crawled into the trunk, you could pull the uh, glow-in-the-dark <laughs> trunk yeah. release, which is to stop children from dying, which is a really great innovation and also helps you a lot if your car is completely dead for uh, then-mysterious reasons yeah. <laughs> and you, and you want to get something out of the trunk. Yeah, so, so that was fun. Yeah, so I climbed into the trunk and uh, got the things, and uh, <laughs> and we, we tabled it for the next day. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> like we were like, well, sh shit. What do you do? Like, do you call the rental company? Do you call AAA? How do you let them? This was in a in a parking garage that had not only uh, an uppy downy arm, but also like a gate. Yeah, <laughs> and needed to be buzzed in and out. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. So we were just like, you know what? Tomorrow. No. <laughs> yeah. <We're> just, <laughs> yeah. So the following day, um, there wasn't much we uh, wanted to do. Uh, like we had a big gap in the schedule anyway. So right. we did the morning thing, which turns out to have canceled itself without telling us. <laughs> right. Just That was just, annoying. Just more of my bad luck leaking onto you. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, we decided to go deal with the car thing and found out that the place we were staying um, just had that as part of their service you know that right you could, you could call like maintenance type people and they would come and jump your car for you which was great because like the duration for that was like <laughs> instant it was like literally instant. yeah <laughs> it was pretty great actually yeah. and and i was able to we were able to figure out how to get the the hood open uh which just involved yanking on the thing harder than i thought you should have yeah <laughs> um this the scar was like you don't think it you should have to do that but you do <laughs> <laughs> and then uh and the battery was was fairly standard there was like a cover but it had clear enough markings that we were able to figure it out and and the car did start uh from although it took a little while like it had to charge some before it would actually start up right so and again another difference from the toyotas is that um if once you get that in, uh once you get that spark to turn on the hybrid system that battery is ready to go and take over for the 12 volt battery, but not right. here because the 12 volt battery <laughs> actually does shit for some reason. Yeah. And like in a normal car, <laughs> a gasoline engine car, of course, you just need 
a big pull from the from the charger from in this case it was like a portable starter yeah. or in in other cases the other car you just need one big pull to turn over the engine and then you're good to go then you're charging off your alternator uh, and then you're fine but but not this car this car had to kind of charge for like a couple minutes yeah <laughs> and then it would deign to start and finally the gasoline engine turned on so it was like okay well yeah. All right. It seems like it's going to be okay at this point, probably, because this car it did it did have an alternator, right? Like that's how it. Well, uh, that's the problem. It did have an alternator. It, yeah. It recharged the uh, <laughs> the twelve volt battery, which powered the everything yes. with the standard uh, alternator, which of course requires the gasoline engine to be running, and uh, that's an interesting choice for a hybrid. Yeah, and it turns out there's it's a uh, it's it's not a real number, but it's recommended to drive about seven miles to like on average so like the battery doesn't uh lose more voltage starting the engine than um you know recharging over the alternator so uh with that in mind we found something to do that day which was just go to a mall which was like it was a terrible mall yeah it was kind of far it was in i think it was called great mall and it really wasn't it really oversold itself by a lot yeah it was basically like an indoor outlet mall, so it wasn't good at anything. Like, like and this car itself was also um, <laughs> two ideas that should have been great together and were executed poorly. Yeah, I like. <laughs> I used to go to an outlet mall in Southern California all the time, and it was way the hell out in the desert, and it was always hot as hell, no matter when. January, hot as hell, yeah. uh, but it had good stores. Now this one was indoors, although it was kind of warm in there. Like I feel like they could have air conditioned it more. Yeah, it wasn't but... like frozen. Like you expect yeah. indoors to be. <laughs> like like you would hope and expect. Yeah. But but we mostly needed to charge the goddamn car. And uh, that, that mission was indeed accomplished. Plus, I brought some nicer smelling hand sanitizer, which I partially credit with the fact that I did not get sick this trip. Mm. So, you know, you win some, you lose some. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll be back to uh, depressing topics next week. We have a really good one lined up but this was just one more thing (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah speaking of one more thing like my very favorite so the clock is off by an hour i'm like yeah (laughs) i'm like okay time zones whatever but wait a minute i've been plugging my phone into this shouldn't it just pull the time off my phone well it doesn't but i found a menu where it offered me to set the time from the gps i'm like okay that's fine. We I do that in my car. Uh, I think my car does that to itself sometimes or or more likely it pulls the fucking time from my phone, which I connect all the time, much like I had connected my phone to this car. Uh, of course, we were using my phone for all of the CarPlay functionality and maps and stuff, uh, at least after the first day, because somebody had to put the beta <laughs> on their phone right away. It worked for the drive home. There was just one unfortunately <laughs> timed respring that scared you. Everything was fine. It wasn't yeah. even a full reboot. Nevertheless, it seems like a better idea to stick with yeah. my phone. Uh, but anyway, so it offered me the option to set the clock from the GPS. And I'm like, cool. So it does that. But then it pops up this screen. Clock set to GPS time, period. GPS time does not account for daylight savings time. And it's like, What? <laughs> So that's why the time was off by an hour, because, yep. you know, <laughs> it's daylight savings. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but why? Why? It's literally GPS. It knows where you are. There's no reason it couldn't know who is observing daylight savings when. There aren't that many exceptions. There are some weird exceptions, like Arizona doesn't and whatever. But, like, 
by and large, this isn't a difficult computational well, not only problem. That, but like, uh, this is the U.S. model of the car. That is why the steering wheel is on the left. Like, <laughs> it is a very finite domain this car is even allowed to be sold into. It could just yeah. assume yes. <laughs> yeah, uh. and like, I guess they just really just didn't. And so as a developer, I get it. Time zone stuff is hard. If yeah. <laughs> It's annoying. Like, Indiana, I think parts of it, but not all of it don't do. And it's a whole, don't do daylight savings. And it's a whole thing. California might be changing. But like, okay, when that happens, you do a software update. People will get it eventually. It's fine. When they get their oil change, usually they do a software update. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, meanwhile, you could just you, you could be you could be setting the clock to the actual correct time because you know where the car is. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so amazingly bad. Like that was just like the frosting on the shit cake. Yeah. <laughs> so I took a picture of it with my phone. So I wouldn't forget and uh, pasted it into our document. In fact, that was the first thing I put into the document of complaints. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the third thing being, of course, that thing about how it dies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, uh, a few th more things about how it dies. Um, right. There's more. <laughs> so we were paranoid uh, walking away from it every time. Right. And because we were parked in a garage, we could see this. But sometimes the main screen like the one that's used for CarPlay, would be black but on, like you could see the backlight. Um, and the illuminated USB ports also stayed on a lot of times. And the solution to this was sometimes just cycle through, unlock, lock, press lock again, and it beeps. Mm -hmm. uh, or sometimes don't arm it with the alarm and yeah. just lock it once. And uh, one time I had to like turn the car on and off. Because, <laughs> I mean, at this point, we're terrified of anything, anything at all, drawing any power at all, uh, might make the car not turn on again next time you wanted it to turn on. And that was a reasonable fear, as it turns out. Like, a lot of yeah. people on the internet were like, yeah, man, you can't leave anything plugged into those USB ports at all, ever, because it'll just sit there like a cell phone charger. It'll just drain your battery overnight. And I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> that is totally unreasonable. Everything about the car is like, really? Also unreasonable is that the uh, there are fans that are on always. Right. Yeah. So there's <laughs> always a little bit of noise. And you're like, where the hell is that coming from? Where's, where's a fan? What's a fan? Why? <laughs> yeah. So uh, my hybrids have a vent in the backseat where the hybrid bat battery ventilates into the interior, which is on purpose because then it can like suck in air conditioning. And mm. I have never heard those fans <laughs> because I think they actually are off most of the time. Well, this is more like a PC than a Mac. <laughs> right. There's, there's fans there's, there's all no the time. There's no thermostats. Everything's just on. Uh, like the, the analogy I came up for this car is like if you like have a tablet that's not an iPad or an <laughs> MP3 player that's not an iPod. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Pretty much. Everything's weird and not really right. Yeah. So, like, if, you know, it's the proprietary eponym thing, you know, if uh, iPads are tablets, MP3 players are iPods, and uh, hybrids, I guess we just leave that term to Toyota now. <laughs> I guess. Or, or at least not Ford. <laughs> Apparently. I mean, it's mm -hmm. weird, because, like, my mom had a Ford hybrid for a while, and she seemed happy with it. Maybe my mom's just a less... Cr I mean, I know my mom's a less cranky person than I am, but I got to call her up and ask her if she has a, if she had a 
<laughs> a shift dial. Just like, <laughs> yeah, maybe they've only gotten worse over time. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, it was bad, <laughs> and it should feel bad. <laughs>